Hello, hello, good day, and welcome to another episode of After School History. I'm your genial host, Anthony J. Eschettino, and I'm here to share with you on today, a very significant day, the 11th of September, um, known in the United States and around the world as the September 11th terrorist attacks, or uh, very simply, 9-11 in the United States. For those of you who are listening overseas, and, and if you don't know people from the U.S., really, you know, you pretty much have to say, remember 9-11, and people know exactly what you're talking about. Um, maybe overseas, you'd have to say the, the September 11th terrorist attacks on the United States. In any case, the deadliest terrorist attacks ever committed, um, a death toll of just under 3,000 at the time, with hundreds of people dying since then from the after effects of being exposed to toxins at the site, cleaning up uh, the debris. Um, you know, I'm, I'm quite sure everyone listening to this knows uh, what happened, so I, I won't really belabor that point. Two planes, one each hitting the Twin Towers, one hitting the Pentagon, and one uh, being driven into a field in Pennsylvania and Shanksville because uh, the passengers on the plane were made aware that uh, they were not simply being hijacked, which was the story that was told to the passengers to keep them compliant. No, we're just hijacking the plane for money, for this, for that. Sit down, don't do anything stupid, no one gets hurt. Uh, but by the time the fourth plane uh, was making its way back towards the Washington, D.C. area, the passengers knew that there was not going to be a landing in some airport and they weren't going to be released for money. Uh, it was a suicide mission. They were going to be used as um, a, a loaded missile uh, aimed at something. And so they stormed the cockpit and, you know, the, the, the hijackers, the terrorists drove the plane into the ground uh, rather than allow them to take control of the plane back. And in a very heroic uh, act, um, the movie United 93 about it out there it was it was United Flight 93. Um, now, during the attacks, I was actually in Egypt. I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you just a little bit about, you know, my personal view, because I, I'm a history teacher. And those of you who have listened to this podcast before know that I've talked about that. I'm a history teacher. And most the history, most of the history that we teach as history teachers is the past, the far past. And all history is the past, technically, but I mean, really, like if I'm teaching ancient Rome, ancient Egypt, we're talking about two, three thousand years uh, in the past, um, you know, and even if you're teaching like U.S. history, American history, you're still teaching things two, three hundred years ago. Um, we didn't live through any of that. You know, we're, we're bystanders, you know, reading about things, uh, you know, researching documents about what happened. Uh, even things like U.S. one, U.S. two, when we talk about World War One, World War Two, I mean that's still I, you know, I wasn't alive for either of those. I don't have any memories of Pearl Harbor. Uh, my father wasn't even born during Pearl Harbor. My grandfather was. My grandfather was involved in World War Two. He fought in Europe in World War Two in the ninety fifth Infantry Division. Um, but that's you know, so I can talk to someone and say, "Hey, you were alive when the Japanese bombed Pearl Harbor." Yes, I was. I remember hearing about it on the radio where i I got the newspaper uh you know, and that was you know what what I read about it but nine eleven is different because I was alive, and people of my generation we we were alive, 
we remember it. We all have different memories because we're all in different places during it, but it was it was there. It was, you know, we were old enough. Like I said, I was a graduate student in Egypt at the time. I was studying uh, in Egypt, the American University in Cairo. I had, I had flown out there in August of uh, 2001. And that day, September 11th, it was as any other day. Uh, you know, I'd gone to classes during the day. And on the way back to the dormitory, I was taking a shuttle back from the campus to the dormitory. And a kid, one of my fellow students, jumped on the, the shuttle and said, Hey, did anyone hear? Apparently, a plane flew into one of the Twin Towers. And I, I'm, I'm going to be honest, we all kind of laughed a little bit. Just like a plane. Like, it was the absurdity of it. It wasn't we were laughing because we were like, Oh, you know, someone died or whatever happened. But we were all convinced. We talked about it for the few minutes ride back. And we were like, someone must have been flying one of those single-seaters of Piper Cub or something. And was like, Hey, watch this. I can do a loop-de-loop, you know, in between the towers. When we got back to the dormitory, it was surrounded by the Egyptian military police. And that was when we figured maybe this wasn't just a, a small aircraft. Um, so we, we went in, and it was, you know, bedlam. I mean, you had people, the people who were from New York City uh, or in the area were frantically call, trying to call home. Cell phone service had been knocked out. You know, a lot of lines had been knocked out, as anyone who remembers who was here would remember. And they were hysterical. And then there was just the other huge mass of people in a semicircle uh, around the TV that was just showing. And I walked in and it was, here are the Twin Towers on fire, smoke pouring out of them. Uh, And I watched them and I, I watched both towers collapse and it was absolutely surreal. It was something that, you, it was like, this has got to be some kind of a show. Like, they're, they're really just doing something. It's like War of the Worlds, only it's someone's sick version of War of the World. You know, they're, they're just making this up. To, this is what could happen. This is what would happen. Um, because the idea was, you know, I had been to New York many times. And those of you who had the, the, the fortune of being able to see the towers before they were destroyed... You know, you'd go out there and you would look up. There was an area between, like, right between the towers. And you look up to the sky and it was just, they seemed to go up forever. And that's where you got this sense of awe, like, wow, we made these things. You know, they were just enormous. They were monoliths. It was impossible to think that someone, A, would want to, or B, could take them down. Um, And yet... That's exactly what happened. You know, two aircraft flew into them, uh, and the towers ended up collapsing uh, an hour and a half later. And, it, it, you know, it's still to this day, it, it makes me, you know, I, I'm just like, I remember them being there like it was yesterday. You know, you, I, we had family in Brooklyn. We used to drive over the Verrazano Narrows Bridge, look to the left, and there was Manhattan. And those two buildings dominated the skyline. They dominated the skyline. The Empire State Building was there. And, and let's be honest, that's probably a more beautiful building. Uh, you know, it's architecturally significant and aesthetically pleasing. But the towers were just, there was something about them. They were just, they just dominated the skyline like nothing else. Um, which in large part, I think, is why they were targeted. They were a symbol of America. Um, really, they were, you know, and, and so they had to be destroyed by these individuals, uh, by these terrorists. Um, 
so yeah, I mean, it was, it, it's just, we talk about these things, um, you know, and it's, it's been almost two decades now. Uh, but for a lot of people who live in the greater New Jersey area, you know, we still, we still remember these things, we, you know, I mean, the town I grew up in, uh, South River, New Jersey, you could go in the South River High School is kind of the high point of the town, more or less. And if you went out to the parking lot, you could look out over the rest of the town and you'd see in the background on a very clear day, you'd see the Twin Towers. You know, you could see them. And that, that's, that's the thing. They were, they were that far away, but they were that close. They were that massive. Um, so, you know, we, we had this and September 11th happened. Um, and then unfortunately, in our rush to, um, you know, to, to safeguard the Union, um, we ended up giving away a lot of, of our rights, rights to privacy and, and other things to the government. Um, the, I don't want another 9-11. Um, only sick individuals do. I'm sure they're out there. Uh, but... The bottom line is that, you know, you, I'm reminded of the old Benjamin Franklin quote, uh, you know, that those who would sacrifice liberty for security will end up with neither of them. Um, I know some people have suggested that that belongs to uh, uh, Ronald Reagan, but, you know, I mean, I've, I've heard people say that uh, you know, parts of the Bible were spoken by Reagan at points. It doesn't really surprise me. Uh, but it's true. I mean, you know, yes, we do have to have security in a country, but we need to be careful. We need to be mindful of what we give up in in return for that. You know, obviously there is a happy middle ground, but I mean, I really ask people to think about things, you know, like this. Uh, when our politicians that are out there are designing the new security bill for this or safety bill for that, you know, it's it's just little by little you find out that you have fewer and fewer rights. Um, you know, even today, where they're talking about uh, with with guns, you know, it's the idea of well, you know, only mentally ill people commit mass shootings. Okay, so therefore, we should track mentally ill people, and we should maybe um, you know uh, have them arrested before they can do their or or, or brought in before I shouldn't say arrested, brought in um, secured before they can commit anything. Well, who determines? who has mental illness or not. Um, you know, I happen to think that there are quite a few people uh, who show signs of having mental illness that uh, I'm quite sure, probably in a, in a traditional practice with a doctor, would be like, no, 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 that's not really mental illness. They're just being stupid. And I'm like, no, 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 I think that it's mental illness. I don't think it's just stupidity. I think there's something deeper there. So we have to be very careful about that. I, I think it's a warning uh, to all of us, you know, and I understand in the aftermath of 9-11, people were frightened. Okay, people wanted security, they wanted safety, I get that. But we have to be careful. Um, I wanted to just briefly talk about a couple of other things here regarding 9-11. First of all, um, you know, it, it brought out some of the best in America. Americans really banded together. It also brought out some of the worst. Um, Sikhs, who are not Muslims, by the way, for those interested, uh, Sikhs were killed in the aftermath uh, because they wear, you know, the men wear turbans as, as part of their faith, and unfortunately, um, some of these you know deranged individuals simply were like, "Hey, here's a brown person with a turban on their head. They must be Muslim. They bombed the twin towers. Let's go kill them." 
Um, it is terrible. Uh, Muslim women who wear the head covering were harassed. Uh, mosques were sent death threats. Uh, you know, it was a terrible event. Uh, by and large, the American Muslim community, um, it, 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 I shouldn't even say by and large, the American Muslim community universally condemned. Uh, you go and find me where, as, as I, I'm sure if you, if you really wanted, you could find someone who was blogging from their mother's basement about, you know, the great jihad against the American Satan. The Muslim American community vociferously condemned the attacks, helped in the aftermath with the rebuilding, helped, uh, donated blood, donated time and effort, um, you know, took out full-page ads in newspapers, condemning it, telling people this is not what Islam stands for. Um, so, you know, it, it's, that's when you, when you end up having things like the current president of the United States, you know, talking about how he witnessed uh, Muslims, you know, uh, I think it was Palestinian Muslims, dancing and celebrating um, he wasn't even in the area at the time, so he, he, you know, he would have had to be in a different area than he claimed he was. And there were no reports of this happening at all. Nobody was dancing. Nobody was celebrating. It just didn't happen. Um, that, that was fake news. He likes to call out fake news. Let's call out fake news. That was fake news. Um, so that's one thing. And the other thing here is the conspiracy theories. Um, I've heard them all over the course of the last 18 years. Um, I know there, there was that one uh, guy who did the loose change thing, and it was like, oh, you know, it's all just based on speculation, on inaccurate readings, on, on in some cases, uh, blatant lies that are then used as the basis to develop a theory. But the entire theory is based on the fact that there is a lie. For example, the one, uh, thing, well, you know, uh, steel doesn't melt. It didn't get hot enough to melt. No, it, it doesn't. Therefore, the building couldn't have collapsed because of the jet fuel and everything. Okay. All right. Again, though, your entire argument is based off of this premise that it never got hot enough to melt the steel. The issue here is that it didn't have to. Okay. It didn't have to melt the steel. What had to happen, if I'm arm wrestling someone, I don't have to break their arm to pin their arm down. All I have to do is put enough pressure where eventually their arm becomes fatigued, it gets weary, and then little by little, it gives in until their arm is pressed down. The steel weakened, okay? It did not have to burn through the steel or melt the steel at all. But you're talking about, I don't know how many tons that were on top of where the planes hit, and eventually the steel gave way, just like an arm wrestler's arm, and then the weight on top made it uh, an irreversible procedure. It pancaked all the way down. Um, you know, so these arguments, popular mechanics, in case you're interested, if you know any of these friends uh, who are conspiracy theorists, or the government did it, there were, there were bombs that were in the showers, and you can see where the bombs, and the planes really weren't there, and the people on the planes were secretly transported to uh, Area 51. No, this is all baloney. This is all garbage. And one of the things that we fight against here at After School History is we fight against fake news and, and we fight against false facts or what Kellyanne Conway would call alternative facts. There are no such things. Facts are facts, okay? Um, you, know, you might not know all the facts, but when you find a fact, the fact is by its nature accurate. So I would tell people there's a great 
Um, if you search up um, uh, 9-11 uh, with Popular Mechanics, Popular Mechanics put out, and they have a book that was released, I believe, in 2011, where essentially they have engineers, architects, aviation experts, and they, they take apart all of these conspiracy theories. It's, they're thoroughly debunked. Um, they absolutely crush them. Now, the response from conspiracy theorists, of course, is, well, of course they'd say that. They're part of the conspiracy. So you, you really can't win, but what you can do is you can shut people up, or you can at least force them. If you can force someone that you're arguing with to have to basically accuse you of being part of the 9-11 conspiracy, or they do the whole, like, well, you just believe anything the government says. Well, in this case, it's not the government. It's popular mechanics. It's, it's a numerous amounts of extremely educated people in the fields, in the fields of engineering, who talk about why the buildings would have collapsed the way they did, uh, in aerospace, all of this stuff. At least if you can get them to say that, that's a good thing, because then you've gotten them to admit that their only out is to either accuse you of being part of the conspiracy or to just say, hey, you know what, I, I have nothing left except to say, nope, 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 fake news, fake news, fake news. So I do encourage you all to go do that. Um, having said that, uh, I hope that everyone listening to this is doing well um, and that you did maybe spend a little bit of time today thinking about uh, what happened and just about what it means. And, and you know, like I said before, um, you know, this is living history for a lot of us. Um, and, and going forward, hopefully we never have anything like this again. Uh, but some of the, the reasons for it are still there. You still have radicalism in a lot of the world. Um, you still have radicals of all stripes, of all religions, who are out there doing things. Um, please be good, be kind, show love to one another. We have way too much hate in this world as it is. Um, you know, I know people think I'm corny all the time. So I'm sure my students laugh about it when I say that. I love them. I love people because we need to hear that. We need more of that in this world. Hate is what results in things like 9-11. But love is what results in the way people reacted to it. Um, not with hatred, but with, with defending people, with, with speaking out against making prejudicial judgments uh, and, and statements against people. Um, so I ask all of you to go out there. Go out there tomorrow and in honor of 9-11. Tomorrow, go out and really try and do something good for someone else. Um, speak up for someone who you think uh, is, is maybe down. You know, go talk to them. Uh, if you see someone being teased or whatever, you know, speak up on their behalf. You know, don't sit back and wait. Um, take the opportunity to do it now. Having said that, I hope all of you have an excellent rest of the week. Um, I'm going to try and put another uh, podcast up this weekend. I know this number of people listening to mine have gone up. If you get the chance, please do go on whatever platform you're using, whether it's uh, uh, iTunes or, or, I mean, the podcast on iTunes, whatever, Spotify. Um, give me a five out of five rating if you like it. Uh, and please, if there's something you want to talk to me about, if there's something you think I said wrong, something you want to correct, um, definitely leave a message for me. Um, I do have a Twitter account uh, now that I'm putting this up on Antonius Optimus. Um, it's, it's Latin, so you can just look up Antonius Optimus and it, it'll be there. I'm not going to spell it out for everyone. Uh, but a Twitter, and I'm basically, that's not going to be anything personal. That's simply going to be 
uh, after-school history-related stuff, and I'm, I'm posting stuff for that. So it's not a personal uh, Twitter account. Um, you know, I'm not going to be putting up, like, you know, good job, Chelsea, or whatever. Though I, I do hope that they win this weekend. All right, folks. Well, as I said before, thank you very much for listening to me. I hope uh, all of you have a wonderful rest of your week, and you will hear from me again soon. Bye-bye.